Welcome to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pamela and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Harshman Travel Radio Show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. You might have a chance of working with them in their business ventures and your travel plan. So listen in and enjoy the journey. Now on to our Building Fortunes Radio Show with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Let's get started, Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Friday night. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And every Friday at this time, we do a radio show, either live or recording, for Harshman Travel. I met Pam Harshman. She was a customer of ours. And then when we started Building Fortunes Radio, I knew that I needed some great guest hosts to host some radio shows. I called her up and I said, listen, you know, you're the right kind of person for people that might be looking for home-based businesses. And I went through my motivational speech of how a great leader she was and blah, 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 <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And then she, then she told me, well, you know, thank you, but, you know, we're going to be moving in a different direction. And I said, well, what direction might that be? She said, we're going to become travel agents. And I said, huh, well, let me see if I can put this together, you know. Um, Building Fortunes Radio is all about helping people with their goals and their dreams or whatever, and part of their wish list is always more travel, so maybe we can host our own radio show about travel. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So uh, we started to do this. Ron Harshman came along with her as well. Ron was supportive when she was building home-based businesses, but really not actively building a business uh, in the home-based business arena. But when they started to do the travel agency stuff, uh, he really jumped into it, has done a whole bunch of stuff with continuing education, and they're the right people doing the right things in the travel business. So if you are looking at your calendar and saying, oh, my gosh, it's December already? Yep, your life is flying by. You're running out of time. (laughs) It's almost over. So make sure you do more traveling. So you want to do more traveling, check them out. Go to harshmantravel.com harshmantravel.com take a look at the newsletter find out about the stuff that they're working on and plan those trips for either 2024 a little bit later in 2023 of course but you got plenty of opportunities to be able to book a trip pay it down there's no reason why if you want to go on a great vacation you can't go on a great vacation with the plans that they have and we've spoken about over the past but first thing i want to do is let you have the same level of enthusiasm that I have towards their ability to be able to help you with your vacation plans. So we go through introductions first, and then we come back after the commercial. We'll cover the new news that's happening in the travel industry, and there's plenty of new news in the travel industry. So ladies first, Pam, thanks for being here on your own radio show. Hey, Peter, it's good to be here, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Um, A little bit about my background. I started my working years as a 911 dispatcher up in the Pacific Northwest and uh, slowly sure moved myself up into court administration, loved my job. However, a little glitch in the, in the whole system there, I met my husband who happened to live down in sunny Florida. So needless to say, I joined him down here and... Uh, Once down here, I did not want to start at the bottom of the ladder or anywhere close in law enforcement, so I was looking for something that I could do uh, working more independently and hopefully from home. 
I ended up getting my realtor's license followed by my broker's license and I sold real estate in South Florida for several years and then just uh, felt that it wasn't my niche and went and got my life and health insurance license and sold Medicare supplements to the senior population. Absolutely loved it. I loved working with the seniors, which I am now one of officially, but I loved working with them and I got a lot of reward out of that job because uh, basically when you do hit senior years, what you do with your health care is probably one of the very most important decisions you're going to make because you can't backpedal in that whole realm. And so going out and making sure everybody knew exactly what was going on, what their options were, and uh, besides that, when I did go out, it was always the unknown. Sometimes I'd walk into, you know, just a couple or just a single person, other times I'd have a whole group of people there and it was almost like, uh, you know, a, a tea party with the ladies and they'd have pie and cakes and all of that stuff. And uh, other times it was several couples that had had dinner first. And, you know, so it was just kind of always the unknown, which kind of made it fun on top of everything else. But at the same time, I was getting... Uh, little dabbles coming across my Facebook news feed about home-based businesses and MLMs, and I decided to jump in, and uh, I had some winners, but I had a couple losers in there too, but I learned an awful lot, which that in itself was uh, worth doing it, and as Peter mentioned earlier, I was a customer of his on the uh, marketing side, and uh, we just hit it off, and we've been really good friends ever since, and so uh, working together every Friday night has been a whole lot of fun. Um, one day when I was out on my calls, I got a phone call from a girlfriend of mine who, out of the blue, just said, have you and Ron ever thought about becoming travel agents? And I was taken aback because it had not even been a week prior to that that Ron and I were sitting there talking, and uh, we were empty nester baby boomers, and our health was still pretty good, and we had uh, flexible schedules and some disposable income. So we were comparing bucket lists and where we wanted to go and prioritizing and, you know, all the fun stuff. And so when she said that, it was just, whoa, I couldn't wait to get home and talk to Ron. And once we did sit down and start talking, we were doing a whole bunch of uh, uh, checking things out and investigating there on the Internet and weighing the pros and cons. And ultimately, obviously, we decided to jump in. We got all the education that we could get our hands on and then all the proper licensures. And ultimately, we have probably done a whole lot more traveling than we would have been able to do otherwise. And at the same time, we've helped a slew of people uh, stretch their travel dollars as best as we could help them. So it's been a win-win all the way around for us. Excellent. Cool. And then, Ron, over to you. 
Alrighty, thanks, Peter. Good to be with you again. Um, my background is very, very different from Pam's. I spent uh, many years as a licensed clinical psychologist, very heavily involved in my own clinical um, practice, and uh, also uh, I chose to become very involved in the whole self-regulatory aspect of the profession. When I first started out, a very good friend of mine, uh, she was actually a mentor, uh, suggested that it would be a good idea for me to get involved in the professional association. She felt that uh, I had a lot to uh, offer, but she also uh, felt that by getting in and uh, seeing all of the behind-the-scenes things that go on, uh, it would really uh, help me uh, go further in my profession and uh, also uh, it would be a win-win type of situation. So I uh, followed her advice. I uh, started off uh, getting involved in the uh, provincial association. I was up in Canada at the time and uh, got involved there uh, on the board of directors and several uh, committees, etc. And uh, after a couple of years, I uh, decided to also venture and get involved in the uh, National Association, the Canadian Psychological Association. And I was very fortunate there to uh, be elected as the chair of the applied division of the association. I sat on several ethics committees, uh, professional affairs committees, um, government uh, regulatory committees, etc., and certainly learned a lot, uh, was exposed to a lot of things that most professionals know nothing about, regardless of their profession, whether uh, medical, or medical, law, uh, dentistry, whatever. Uh, most professionals uh, get involved uh, in their uh, professional association. They may attend the uh, annual convention if they uh, choose to, uh, but very few, very, very small number, <clears throat> excuse me, actually get involved in the behind-the-scenes daily uh, nuts and bolts of uh, what has to go on with any of these self-regulatory um, professions. So it, it very much was uh, an eye-opener and uh, did a lot for me, and I feel that I uh, contributed a lot. I was uh, very honored uh, near the end of my uh, career. I was elected as a uh, lifetime honorary fellow of the Canadian Psychological Association. So it was uh, it was good all the way around, and I felt uh, very good about what I was doing. In terms of my own clinical practice, uh, I was fortunate in both undergraduate and graduate training to have a number of professors who really stressed the point that if we were considering going into private practice at any time, it would be very important to first get as much varied clinical experience as we could, working with different clinical populations, uh, having our eyes opened to the different kinds of uh, life challenges and uh, problems that people face, so when somebody did make an appointment come in and see us in our private practice, uh, we wouldn't be caught off guard by them talking about something that we knew nothing about and had never even heard about or experienced, etc. And uh, they made the point that in those situations, 
you end up uh, doing a lot more harm than good uh, very, very often. So I took that advice very much to heart, and uh, when I started working, even in my undergraduate years, I made the commitment to uh, gain as much experience as I could working for pretty much every one of the social service delivery systems. So I spent a lot of time in uh, corrections, both institutional and community-based, uh, spent time in psychiatric uh, facilities, in uh, residential treatment centers for kids, in alcohol and drug abuse uh, programs, and really felt that I uh, gained a lot of uh, very good, varied uh, clinical experience. And when I did go into private practice, I uh, felt very, very uh, competent and, and prepared. So the it was very good advice. I was glad that I uh, took it and I followed it. In terms of my own practice, um, after a short while, I really found myself specializing with young couples, doing a lot of uh, premarital, uh, sexual, marital counseling, etc. And as a result of working with that population, I very quickly found myself uh, appearing in court on many occasions uh, in the middle of child custody cases during divorce actions, uh, and it was a whole new area. Up until just around the time that I got involved in that arena, there was pretty much a, a foregone conclusion in most child custody cases that the courts would award custody to mummy, that visitation to daddy, and in most cases... Uh, or at least a good number of cases that uh, turned out to be a, uh, a good decision, a good outcome, and it worked out okay. Unfortunately, we started seeing more and more cases where not only was it not a good outcome, but it was a very bad outcome. And as a result of that, the court systems, both in Canada and here in the States, started moving in a very different direction and uh, actually the Supreme Court justices in Canada came back from their uh, Banff conference uh, that summer uh, having made the decision that going forward any uh, decisions rendered in the Supreme Court with respect to child custody and child uh, access in divorce actions had to be based on the psychological best interest of the children involved no more prioritizing to mommy getting custody, daddy getting visitation. And that was obviously a good decision. I think it was a very much the right decision. The, uh, the little crook in the pan was that at that time, uh, there was very little known about how to really determine, uh, not only determine the psychological best interests, but how to get them into the court system in a way that uh, that really mattered and was effective. And as a result of that, uh, I was just very, very fortunate because uh, I was in the right place at the right time and got involved with a number of other professional, uh, either psychologists and uh, clinical social workers, and we started working to uh, prioritize a system and formulate a system that allowed for uh, child custody investigations to uh, have a professional 
uh, go out and see the family, see the children, see the parents, see the neighbors, the school teachers, etc. Um, and everybody involved uh, in a primary way with the children involved in the dispute, and then be able to, uh, on the basis of those uh, interviews, etc., uh, come up with a clinical judgment about the uh, clinical best interest for the uh, child, psychological best interest for the child, and then be able to go into court and uh, present those in a very professional way, not as a hired gun from uh, you know the attorney for mummy or the attorney for for daddy, but uh, basically as a representative of the court, and uh, go in and testify and deal with the examination and the cross examination that uh, was guaranteed uh, within that process. So I was very fortunate to be involved in the whole development of that. And uh, after doing that for a good number of years up in Canada, just as circumstances allowed, I ended up in South Florida, and uh, nothing had been done in that regard in the South Florida courts. And I was working with a uh, forensic psychiatrist who was very involved in the uh, court system in South Florida, and uh, he wanted me to introduce that whole system in the South Florida courts, and I ended up uh, with the uh, uh, distinct uh, position and, and honor of uh, being the first licensed uh, clinician to uh, be approved or uh, sanctioned as uh, a, an expert witness in uh, child custody matters in both the Dade and Broward County courts in Southern Florida. So. It worked out very, very well for me. I felt very good about what I was doing. It was very, very heavy work, very demanding work, but uh, very, very rewarding. After Pam and I were together for a relatively short period of time, we decided to semi-retire. We moved from southeast Florida over to southwest Florida, started raising alpacas. Uh, as Pam indicated, she started getting involved in home-based business, multi-level marketing, and as Peter mentioned, uh, I was not involved with that, but I was very supportive of her doing it. But when she came home and said she really wanted us to talk about the possibility of becoming professional travel consultants, it was something that just grabbed both of us. We uh, did the research, uh, made the decision if we were going to do it, we would do it the right way, got all of the proper training, all the proper licensures, etc. And uh, as Pam indicated, we have done a lot more traveling than we ever would have been able to had we not become uh, travel consultants. And until COVID came up, things were going great. Uh, during COVID, it was a challenging uh, period of time, but uh, Peter and I were able to prognosticate the future, and uh, we were pretty much dead on. We really felt that uh, things would uh, be tough but that the travel industry, and in particular the cruise industry, would survive and come back bigger and stronger than ever before. And uh, the last several months of uh, radio shows, we've been able to talk about the fantastic growth that we're seeing, and this week is not going to be any different. And uh, I've fallen into the trap that I usually had before of being too verbose, so I will shut up. 
That, you're doing fine. Good, good information. I, that's okay. I had to mute myself out. I was uh, patting myself on the back during the whole entire time you were doing this. <laughs> so we're going to take a little commercial break. There's good reason to pat yourself on the back. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to take a little commercial break, and you can take as much time as you want. On the other side of this, we'll be right back. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. This special segment can be heard again with almost any device connected to the Internet by going to buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Listen in often and get to know Pam and Ron. Go to the buildingfortunesradio.com website to listen in to the show. No matter where you're at in life, you can benefit by listening to and by working with Pam and Ron. Let them book your next cruise, vacation getaway, or group event. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio and witness their ability to pursue their dreams in the field they love. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the Harshman Travel Radio Show. And we are back. Peter Mingles here with Ron Harshman. He's going to give us the new updates on what's going on in the travel industry. Ron, over to you. All righty, Peter. Thank you. Um, Most people, um, at least here in the U.S., have recently... Uh, gone through the uh, Thanksgiving holiday and Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, those folks who have been uh, responsible for uh, preparing the uh, Thanksgiving dinner for their family and friends, whoever was invited to their particular place, I'm sure felt uh, somewhat overburdened with uh, all the uh, cooking that had to be done, the uh, pie baking that had to be done, the preparation, etc. So I thought it would be interesting to find uh, out what happens in the cruise industry during Thanksgiving. And I've just received this report from Carnival Cruise Lines about what their ship or what their chefs were doing uh, during the uh, Thanksgiving uh, festivities. And uh, it turned out that uh, they felt that this would be the largest Thanksgiving meal in the cruise line's 51-year history. And uh, the, the facts are overwhelming. Cruise line expected to serve over 48,000 pounds of turkey, a 14% increase compared to last year. And for guests who preferred vegan options, Carnival has prepared a special plant-based menu for the first time this year as well. And during the holiday season, and these are the numbers coming from Carnival, over 110,000 Thanksgiving meals will be served aboard Carnival ships this year, including for guests and team members. And the chefs would prepare 48,000 pounds of turkey, 600-plus gallons of turkey gravy, 6,600-plus pounds of turkey stuffing, 2,200-plus pounds of cranberry sauce, 20,900-plus portions of pumpkin pie, and to top it all off, 24,800-plus portions of pecan pie. So for those people who were concerned with how much they had to prepare, nothing, nothing in comparison. 
Anyhow, I thought those numbers were uh, were worth sharing. Anyhow, a lot of good news uh, this week. A um, number of uh, firsts in terms of announcements coming in. Um, the uh, Holland America uh, this year, uh, their Black Friday gay, uh, their Black Friday sales uh, generated uh, for the second year in a row. Um, high booking volumes breaking a record. Uh, last year broke the uh, record that was in existence up until then. This year broke last year's record. So they had more than a 20% higher this year than last year. Uh, and uh, they really uh, did extremely well uh, taking guests uh, all over Canada, New England, uh, several itineraries and uh, extending up to Iceland and Greenland, a uh, global network of 60 ports to source and serve 80 types of fresh fish on board all of their restaurants. They just came out with a brand new fresh fish um, program that uh, is going to really set records and uh, this will be the first time that they are doing this, uh, and it will be uh, across the entire fleet. They have a uh, special chef who is uh, serving as their fresh fish ambassador, and uh, that was good news for Holland America. Turks and Caicos uh, Islands welcomed over a million visitors to the destination by air and cruise so far this year, according to their press release. From January to October of 2023, 535,893 visitors arrived by air and 677,943 visitors arrived by a cruise. Air arrivals uh, represent a 4.8% increase compared to 2022 and an 18% increase over the 2019 figure for the same period. Cruise arrival, uh, arrivals also represent a 30.5% increase compared to the same period in 2022, which saw 519,418 cruise passengers. So Turk and, Turks and Caicos uh, is very, very uh, pleased with what they uh, are seeing in terms of uh, bounce back from the COVID uh, period, and they uh, are feeling as a multi-island destination. They are diversifying the product experience, encouraging their visitors to experience the culture, heritage, and activities um, for day tours and or overnight stays uh, in Turks and Caicos. So a total of 434,343 arrivals from the U.S., 35,606 arrived from Canada, and another 8,541 travelers came from the United Kingdom. So it's just nice to see the comeback of the cruise industry and the travel industry 
during the COVID fiasco, uh, we heard so many um, projections from so-called experts that uh, this would uh, ruin the uh, travel industry. Uh, my own personal experience uh, and opinion is uh, was and still remains that the U.S. government specifically uh, tried its best to destroy the cruise industry, and it's just nice to see uh, that they were uh, a thousand percent wrong in what they were doing, and uh, we're going to we're seeing the comeback much uh, bigger and stronger than ever before. None, number of other first uh, announcements. Uh, Princess Cruises uh, is announcing the first time their di uh, debut from Port Canaveral, Florida. Uh, the first uh, trip, by coincidence, was going to be going to Turks and Caicos. Um, so, and that uh, they are now in their uh, November 2024 through April 2025 season. 20 departures to the Eastern and Western Caribbean, ranging from four to eight nights, and uh, they are very much uh, a good addition to Port Canaveral. We talked about uh, Port Canaveral's numbers last week or a couple weeks ago, and uh, again, just uh, good news across the board. Uh, Atlantic Canada Cruise Association announced their results of the 2023 cruise season. The group said that the 2023 season exceeded expectations, showcasing the resilience and appeal of, a, of Atlantic Canada as a premier cruise destination. Region hosted more than 600 cruise ships, building on the strength observed in 2022 with a 28% increase in port calls 868,938 passengers uh, had the opportunity to explore the attractions of Charlottetown, Cornerbrook, Halifax, St. John, and Sydney. Uh, so again, the 2023 season saw record-breaking activity at the Port of Sydney with a 74% increase, Port of Cornerbrook with a 58% increase uh, since 2022. So, again, we are seeing this kind of uh, growth and comeback, uh, not just here in the U.S., not just here um, you know, in North America, but worldwide. And uh, it's just nice to see these uh, reports coming out of uh, various places, uh, particularly here in the States and in Canada. The Port of Quebec ended its 2023 cruise season with a total of 154,000 cruise passengers. And their season ran from April 25th through November 5th, was the longest in the port's history, and they had 41 ships from 28 different cruise lines, 11 of which made their maiden voyage and visited a total of 131 times uh, during the year. So they are very, very excited about their 2023 international cruise season and uh, looking forward, um, again, 
to uh, further growth. They are. Uh, they just announced that they are going to introduce winter cruising starting uh, in January of 2025. The Port of Halifax, also in Canada, concluded its 2023 cruise season on November 9 with the departure of the Silver Shadow. The port saw 301,000 passengers, 178 vessel calls from 28 different cruise lines. And that's the thing that I find uh, very encouraging and very um, very rewarding to see the growth is not just singular uh, companies or singular ships or whatever. This is very, very definite industry-wide uh, comeback, and it's just fantastic to see. During COVID, uh, Peter, you and I talked uh, at length about the amount of money that these uh, companies were going into debt uh, on the uh, belief that they could come back and would come back. And it's just uh, nice to see that um, they, uh, you know, they were right. And it's, uh, it's really gone uh, very, very uh, clearly in the uh, direction that we, uh, that we expected. Uh, Princess Cruise Lines set a sales period record for the week of Thanksgiving, including Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Uh, it kicked off a Black Friday promotion uh, to give uh, guests the best opportunity to take advantage of the great savings on a tremendous selection of cruises all over the world. And uh, they were able to uh, see... Um, 330 destinations, um, including Alaska, the Caribbean, Europe, Canada, New England, and others. Um, so again, just seeing the, uh, the growth and the comeback is, uh, is just very, very uh, comforting and rewarding. Uh, the Port of Galveston forecasts record operating revenues sailings, and cruise passenger counts in 2024. The, uh, their budget for 2024 uh, projected operating revenues of $72.5 million, $35.5 million in operating expenses, and a net income of $37 million. So it's nice to see uh, Galveston. We've talked about them before. And uh, really good to see that they are following through. They uh, did their uh, cruise terminal improvements, and uh, things are looking very, very positive for them. They said that next year will be a landmark year in the port's 198-year history, thanks to $42.3 million in state grants. And, uh, again, People are investing in and taking advantage of the, uh, the cruise industry in particular, uh, but also um, you know the whole travel industry. Uh, on another line of uh, thinking, Royal Caribbean uh, just this uh, year, or, or I'm sorry, just this uh, last uh, week, uh, took advantage or took a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Took delivery of their new icon of the seas. And they said, uh, the way they announced it was, 
after more than seven years of dreaming and 900 days of design and construction by thousands of experts, Royal Caribbean International welcomed the icon of the seas during a handover at Meyer Turco shipyard in Turco, Finland. And uh, they signed on the dotted lines uh, just two months before the new ship's January 2024 debut. Uh, so it will be uh, coming into Miami and uh, going out uh, in January. Uh, lots of big expectations for the, uh, the Icon. It's the uh, largest ship, and um, they are really looking forward to some uh, major things with it. A um, number of other things, but I don't want to uh, go over time uh, too much. Um, but uh, let me just quickly go through and see. You're, you're okay. If you want the extra time, you got it. Okay. Um, Explorer uh, Journeys announced holiday offerings aboard the Explorer 1 as it celebrates the holiday season sailing in the Caribbean. Uh, the ship is going to sail from Miami to San Juan on a seven-day cruise, uh, while New Year's sailing goes from December 29 to January 5, back to Miami. Uh, they will be stopping in St. Martin, St. Kitts, and Nevis, and Martinique. Uh, and their new ship is going to be transformed, they say, into a winter wonderland adorned with festive decorations and resonating with the joyous sounds of holiday music. So there are still uh, spots available for uh, both of these cruises. Uh, the seven-day out of Miami, December 22 uh, and December 29, and another sailing from uh, uh, December 29 back to Miami. So those three are available if anybody is uh, still thinking about what they want to do special for the uh, Christmas and New Year's holiday coming up. Uh, Port Everglades uh, announced that uh, Celebrity Cruises' newest ship uh, is going to be based there. And uh, again, um, the cruise lines and the ports of call have a very, very strong bonding together. And as I've uh, talked about uh, many times on previous uh, radio shows, uh, it's nice to see that the cruise lines are very, very uh, involved in the economy, in the whole life structure of the places where they visit. It's not just a, uh, a business that uh, they sail into the port, people get off, do their thing, buy whatever they're going to buy, spend whatever they're going to spend, and get back on the ship. The cruise lines actually get involved with the various ports of call, and either through the building or renovation of um, the uh, terminals, uh, whether it is helping out after uh, devastating storms have hit, and providing housing for uh, cleanup crew and medical people, etc. cetera. Uh, it's just nice to see that they are very, very responsible uh, participants in the entire life 
process in the places uh, where they visit. So this week, uh, following along with what we've seen um, for a number of months now, uh, more and more good uh, news coming out, uh, both in terms of what's available for passengers and what's happening for the cruise lines and what the cruise lines are contributing. So hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, and um, for everybody uh, this coming week, have a good week. And if you are at all thinking of any travel whatsoever, whether it be a cruise vacation, a uh, vacation and staying at a uh, resort, uh, any kind of travel that you are anticipating or thinking about, uh, give us a call. We will be happy to help. You can find us at harshmantravel.com, uh, 1-800-968-6080. We will be happy to talk with you and uh, help you look at different options that are available to uh, make your uh, vacation dreams a reality. Excellent information. So make sure you check them out, harshmantravel.com, harshmantravel.com. Thanks, Ron, for the update. Thanks, Pam, as well. And we're going to catch everybody next week. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website to hear previous radio shows with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingles and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.